If you have your Bible with you, turn to Luke chapter 24. I am excited to pick apart this story because as we're talking about what it means to walk with one another, this is one of the most famous walks in Scripture. And we remember the whole idea behind this theme is that when we walk together through life, things happen. The promise of the gospel is that whatever we're going through, whatever comes our way, whatever we're experiencing, God walks with us. But here's the caveat. As the people of God, as the church of God, we have a responsibility to walk with each other as God walks with us through whatever life sends our way. We talked last week, there's no such thing as a solitary Christian. Our culture has believed the lie that it's me and God when really it's us and God. Christianity is not a solitary sport. It's something we do together. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about some things that happen when people walk together. We talked about the investment that can be made Last week, we talked about how faith can be strengthened as we walk together. But on this walk in Luke 24 in Emmaus, we see that as they walked together, they both received great clarity about what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to walk with Jesus. When we walk together, we can see things more clearly. When I say that phrase, see things more clearly, perhaps that song jumps into your mind, right? 1972, I looked it up. Johnny Nash, right, Jonathan? You know the song, I can see clearly now the rain has gone. Then the reality is many of us approach faith and approach life looking through the windshield with the rain coming down, hitting the windshield of life, and we don't see clearly. But when we walk with one another, we can see things a little bit more clearly. It reminds me of the old story. I'm a little nervous to tell this story about two friends who were going on a walk. Two guys. And they were going on this walk because one of the guys was wrestling with a relationship that he was in. You see, he liked one girl but was dating another girl and it was just a little bit messy and he didn't know what to do. One of the girls was called Elaine. The other was called Kelly. And throughout the course of their walk together, they were wondering, what do we do? How do I manage this? I'm in a relationship I don't want to be in, but I don't want to break up and it's messy and all that kind of stuff. And just as they were talking and walking together, the friend got a phone call that said Lorraine was moving out of town and she wanted to end the relationship. You would have thought that this, this guy was kind of sad, but he was kind of happy and he burst into song, and you know what he sung? 
I can see Kelly now, Lorraine has gone. Okay. <laughs> see, I, I always get nervous about telling jokes because I realize that my, my humor is broken, but thank you for listening. <laughs> All right. I can see, don't clap, don't clap. That's patronizing. All right. <laughs> when we walk together, we can see clearly, right? A lot of people think that we find clarity in our faith by debating or by finding our position and defending. But the reality is our faith is strengthened as we discuss it. As we take a walk with one another and as we discuss and talk and walk through things. This famous passage about this famous walk in Luke chapter 24 brings clarity to those who are on the walk as they talked together. Luke 24, starting at verse 13. Now, it was the same day. The same day as what? The same day as history's greatest ever event. The same day as the resurrection of Christ. These two men were on their way walking to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles northwest from Jerusalem. The resurrection all the excitement, all the drama, all the stuff had happened in Jerusalem. But these men were walking away from Jerusalem. It means two things. One, they were walking towards the sunset. It was getting darker as they moved away from the epicenter of what God was doing. Secondly, it also tells us that because they were moving away from Jerusalem, they were moving away from their other friends. Sometimes we need to distance ourselves from all the noise, all the voices. I get that. But they were walking away from those who could encourage them. Verse 14. Together, they were discussing everything that had taken place. They were probably talking about the Last Supper. They were probably talking about the triumphant entry. They were probably talking about the mockery of a trial. They were probably talking about how they saw Jesus walking around the streets of Jerusalem with the cross on his back. Maybe they were talking about Simon of Cyrene who helped carry that cross. Maybe they, they were talking about his death. We know that they were certainly talking about the rumors of his resurrection, but Scripture says they were just talking about everything. But as they were talking, verse 15, and while they were discussing, we see as well that they were arguing. You've got to ask yourself the question, why were they arguing? Probably all kinds of reasons. They had hopes that were dashed. They had frustrations that weren't met. They had curiosity that was silenced. 
Often in life, we will experience those same things. And our discussions can very quickly turn to anger. Not because we're angry at the person we're walking with, but because we're just angry at life. There's all kinds of questions, all kinds of concerns, all kinds of curiosity. And often those things express themselves in anger. But on this walk with each other who had this shared experience, who were close, who were intimate friends, their curiosity was able to be explored. This is one of the reasons why I think it's so important that we find someone to walk through life with. Because we have all kinds of questions and all kinds of concerns and all kinds of doubts and all kinds of things that make us curious. But if we don't have someone in our life who we can process that curiosity with, we end up just drinking the Kool-Aid of our culture. And it takes us in the wrong direction. When we walk with someone, one of the first things that happens is that our curiosity can be explored. And the good news is this story reminds us that when we're curious, Jesus shows up with an answer. As they were walking and discussing and arguing, it says Jesus himself came near and he began to walk alongside them. They were prevented from recognizing him, but he was there. And I want to remind you that in your moments of curiosity, in your moments of doubt, in your moments of struggle, Jesus will show up for you. Two things I see happening in Jesus showing up. First of all, don't miss this. Whenever we start talking about issues of the heart, Jesus shows up. Because Jesus is most concerned about our heart. It's impossible to talk about an issue going on in your heart without the gospel having some application to that. The second thing it reminds us of, for me, is that when we're curious, Jesus is ultimately the only one who can satisfy our curiosity. I said it a hundred times, I stand by it, I expect to stand by it till the day I die. I believe Jesus is the answer. The answer to what? The answer to everything. They were talking about everything. The risen Jesus is the answer to everything. When we're curious, Jesus shows up. As they walk together, they're able to explore the things they're curious about. Verse 17. Secondly, then Jesus asked them, what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you are walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. You know, there's lots of reasons why they could have been discouraged, but I think they're probably discouraged because Jesus is asking the question. 
Jesus has said, what happened? And they're looking at him in disbelief. You don't know what happened? Who are you? Where have you come from? Everybody is talking about this. Verse 18, the one named Cleopas answered him, are you the only person in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened in these days? And I love what Jesus says next. He says, what things? What a, what a crazy answer, right? Everything that has happened is centered around Jesus. Jesus wonders why they're having this confusion and this curiosity. When they come at him and say, where have you been? Everybody knows about these things. He says, what things? And he doesn't say what things because he doesn't know. He says, what things? Because he wants to listen to them and hear them out. You know, as I was reading this the other day, I remember that this scripture is much like my prayer life. I sit there telling God what's going on, and he knows. Well, well Lord, uh, you know, I want to pray for so-and-so because they're struggling with this. I want to pray for so-and-so because they really need this. And Lord, I, I don't know if you knew about this, but this is going on. But I believe that as I go to God in the immaturity of my faith, he listens to me in the same way that he does these disciples. Of course he knows he's God. But he listens because communing with us is more important than communicating with us. He, he wants to be with us. He enjoys the pleasure of our company. He doesn't care if we're telling him what he already knows because like a good friend and like a good father, he's just happy that we're hanging out together. What things? So they said to him, and imagine Jesus' patience, right, as this is happening. The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, okay. He was a prophet. He was full, powerful in action and speech before God and before all the people. Jesus was probably thinking, yeah, yeah, he, he was. And our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. We were hoping that he was going to be the one who would redeem Israel. And beside all this, it's the third day since these things have happened. And verse 22, moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They went to the tomb and they reported that they'd seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who are with us went to the tomb and found it just as women, the women had said, but they didn't see him. You know what's happening here in these guys? They're confused. They're really confused. They had so many hopes of who Jesus was and what he would do. They thought he was going to be the coming king who would redeem Israel. But then this happened, and they were confused. 
Let me remind you that one of the reasons it's so important that we walk with someone through life is not just so that our curiosity can be explored, but so that our confusion can be addressed. Our confusion can be addressed. Why is that so important? Because life is often so confusing, and faith can be very confusing as well. They were confused about the why. Why'd this happen? We thought he was going to be the man. They were confused about their hope. They said, we thought he was going to redeem us and save us and make everything right, but now that, that he's gone, our hope is gone. It's almost like they were feeling that as they saw Jesus hanging on the cross, that it wasn't just Jesus who died there, but it was their hope as well. They were confused. They thought this was it. And then they were confused about the reports as well. The women, they saw it. The body wasn't there. Angels, we don't know what's going on. They were going through some confusion. We all go through confusion and we all need friendships where we can address that confusion. I love how gracious Jesus is with their confusion and their questions. They say, how do you not know what's going on? (laughs) He's like, I do, but I want to hear from you because the things that confuse me need to confuse you, need to be addressed, and I want to listen and, and deal with it. It takes a lot of patience to listen to confused people. It takes a lot of patience to love confused people. But when we're in a trusted relationship, our confusion can be addressed. When we walk together, our curiosity is explored, and that can bring clarity. When we walk together, our confusion is addressed, and that can bring clarity. The story continues. 25, Jesus offers a rebuke. Depending on how you read it, it could feel a little bit ugly. It's only a little bit ugly because it's the truth. And sometimes when we're in confusion, the truth feels ugly to us, right? Just how foolish and slow. Foolish, you're missing the point. Slow, you don't know your history. Because this story has been prepared for hundreds of years. 26, wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Verse 27, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them for them, the things concerning himself in all of scripture. See, initially when they were telling Jesus about Jesus, they said, oh, he was a prophet, and he was a prophet, but he was more than a prophet. So what's happening here is that Jesus has to fill in the gaps, and he has to tell them all of Scripture. Can you imagine what a Bible study that would have been? With the greatest teacher sitting down to teach the greatest message that provides the greatest blessing. 
As Jesus is talking, as he's taking them through Isaiah and Jeremiah, Malachi, and the story of a suffering servant who would come and give his life as a ransom for many, they were able to attain a little bit of clarity. When we walk with one another, not just is a curiosity explored, not just can confusion be addressed, but when we walk together, clarity can be attained. Because they were talking things out, because they were talking things through, they were able to get some clarity on what's happened. This week, this next week, this Tuesday night, I've offered to convene a conversation by two groups who are on very different sides of the political spectrum. And those political views have expressed themselves in some pretty harmful ways. And we're going to sit down and we're going to have a conversation. We're going to walk through a little bit of life together. And my goal is not to talk about the behavior and what happened. It's to get to the values that caused what happened to happen. That's what Jesus is doing here. There's a conversation. There's curiosity. There's confusion. But as they talk about it, as Jesus gives insight, there is clarity. Verse 28, they came near to a village, to Emmaus, where they were going. And Jesus gave the impression that he was going to go a little bit further. But they urged him because they appreciated the, the truth and the clarity that he'd brought. They urged him to stay with them. They said, it's almost evening. You don't want to be out in these parts at night. It's kind of dangerous. Stay with us. The day is almost over. So Jesus said, okay, I'll come and stay with you. They went into the dining room, probably of someone's house. And we read that Jesus reclined. That he put himself in a relaxed posture. His, his body language was now radiating the non-anxious presence that it held as he walked with these guys. He reclined at the table with them, and then he took bread, blessed and broke it, and he gave it to them. Now, this wasn't a communion supper. This wasn't Passover. This was just a meal with ordinary bread that was been broken in an ordinary meal, at an ordinary table, in an ordinary home. But in that ordinary moment, they see something extraordinary. Maybe it was in how Jesus broke the bread. Maybe they'd, they'd been in the upper room where Jesus had broken bread just a, a few days ago and initiated what we now call the Lord's Supper. There was something about how he broke the bread that clued them in to this is who he is. 
This is Jesus. Then it says in verse 31, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Here's the deal. They're curious. They're concerned. They're confused. And they go on a walk together. And Jesus shows up and walks with them. And as Jesus explained, they get some clarity. And that clarity leads them to change their life. Their eyes were opened. They started seeing things that they hadn't seen before. I can see clearly now the rain has gone. As they spoke with Jesus, it was like the, 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 the windscreen wiper just, just pushed all the rain away and they saw in a clear way, a new way, with great vision, who Jesus was why he did what he did, why what happened, happened. Their eyes were opened, they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. But as Jesus left, these men were changed. In fact, change happened in two ways. First of all, it happened to them. They said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us? while we were talking on the road and while he was explaining the scriptures to us, their heart was burning. If you delve into this phrase, it meant that they, they felt something so deep inside that it demanded a response from them. John Wesley, one of the great revivalists of yesteryear, when he came to meet Christ, when his eyes were opened, despite already being a pastor, when his eyes were opened, he said, my heart was strangely warmed. It changed him. That warming experience changed them. And then they left. And their story changed others. That very hour, even though it was dark, even though it was dangerous, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. It was like the clarity that they saw gave them a new burst of energy. They were changed people, and they couldn't keep that change to themselves, so they went back to the city, back to where it was all happening, back to those that they knew. They found the 11 and those that had gathered with them who said the Lord has truly been raised from the dead. He's appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. These men were changed but they went back to see the other men and because of their story, these men were changed as well. For them, the story of Jesus wasn't just a second-hand story. It was something personal. 
that it addressed the curiosity in their mind, that it created a burning in their heart and caused them to want to live a changed life for Jesus. This story is about exploring curiosity. It's about addressing confusion. It's about attaining clarity. It's about changing the direction of our life. And it all happens because they chose to go on a walk together. They chose not to keep their concerns and their confusion and their curiosity to themselves, but they chose to walk through this section of life with someone that they could trust. And as they did, because Jesus showed up, these men were forever changed. Life is not something we're supposed to do on our own. One of the great things about the church is that we make a commitment to each other to walk with each other through life. And as we do, because God is with us, we are changed.